everyone. Happy Tuesday. I am happy to bring you a special guest today. Melissa Johnson is a marriage and family therapist, and she is the founder of Impossible Beauty. Melissa and I chat about eating disorders and disordered eating, standing boldly as a Christian woman in a world saturated with diet culture, fake beauty, shame, feelings of unworthiness, and those toxic teachings of the cosmetic industry. In our conversation, Melissa encourages you to ditch the world-focused shame and insecurity that is thrown at you and lean into what God says about you as his daughter. And as we are beginning a new year with new marketing towards improving yourself the way the world thinks you should, I really pray that this is encouraging and it gives you hope as you listen. Women are purposely being shown unrealistic and unhealthy images online in commercials and ads and magazines. Now, this is nothing new, right? This has been going on for decades, but there is more and more marketing targeted toward those of us in this midlife phase of life, really geared towards us covering up and masking up our true God-given beauty and signs of a life lived, right? Your face is a beautiful roadmap of a life lived. It shows your ups and downs. It shows your personality. It shows components of your health. It is beautiful. And so I encourage you to lean into your true worth and recognize that you are a beautiful and treasured possession in God's eyes. Recognize the lies of the enemy. And when you are in the middle of a spiritual battle as it pertains to your looks, your beauty, your skin, your weight, your intelligence, and so on, right? Seek God first for everything and rebuke those lies of the enemy because words have power. So as you listen, ask the Lord to show you where you have been falling for lies and then take some time to dig into what God truly says about you, what his truth is about you. And I invite you to come on inside our community where you will be supported and truth will be spoken over you in a group of like-minded faith-fueled women. The link will be in the show notes, Holistic Health for Christian Women Over 40. I cannot wait to see you inside. As a Christian working woman over 40, are you struggling with consistently low energy and tiredness, but sick of the confusing midlife info out there? Are you tired of that menopausal belly bloat and worried you will always have that annoying brain fog feeling? been there. But right here is where you get clarity and hope through biblical and holistic health solutions. Hi, I'm Michelle, holistic health coach and fellow midlifer. As the heartbeat of your home, decide right now in this season to partner with God with discipline, intentionality, and commitment to changing your life at midlife. If you're ready to stop chasing the world's way of health and be your healthiest whole self with more energy and less brain fog than you have had in a while, then you're in the right place. Grab your herbal tea, Bible, notebook, and pen, and let's treasure your wellness. everybody. Welcome back to Treasured Wellness. I have a special guest today. I am so excited to bring uh, Melissa Johnson to you all today. Melissa Johnson is a marriage and family therapist as well as a spiritual director. She's also the founder of Impossible Beauty, which is a blog and a podcast dedicated to redefining beauty as the life of God at work in us and among us. Melissa, 
lives in Minnesota with her husband and you will just really enjoy this conversation. And I pray that it just blesses you. I am so happy to chat with you today, Melissa. Welcome. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, as we are going to be talking a little bit today about that ever increasing pressure from society (laughs) to be and do and look a certain way for acceptance, right? Yes. yes, You personally experience the damaging effects of this. And Mm -hmm. there is a definite difference between disordered eating which I talk about sometimes with my clients and an eating disorder. So would you go ahead and share a little bit about your story? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, about like, um, you know, like nine years ago or so I was working as a marriage and family therapist and I was also seeing my own therapist simultaneously. And she let me know that some of my, um, behaviors and habits and thinking around food and movement were, um, you know, into the zone where it was not helpful. And actually she had been kind of red flagging this for years. Um, and it finally came to the point where she said, you know what, I think that it's time for you to do some intensive work. And so she kind of laid down the law in a very gentle therapeutic way and said, basically, um, it's time for you to do some intensive eating disorder work. And honestly, I was shocked. Um, I think part of it is, you know, I'm sure there was a, a measure of denial in there, but also, I do think that so many of our like cultural ideas and cultural scripts around um, food and um, oftentimes leaning toward restriction and body image and movement, they are so disordered, the messages that it had become so normalized. And so many of my friends and the people around me were engaging in a lot of the same beliefs and behaviors that I was. Um, And so Honestly, it kind of came as a shock to me. So I I ended up pausing my work as a therapist and having to go, um, you know, headlong into this work around uh, working on this eating disorder. And through that process, you know, it took about, I was probably like six, six months in when my eyes just were opened to the fact that a lot of the same um, beliefs and struggles that I was seeing in these group rooms, like these therapeutic group rooms, again, were the same messages and struggles that I was seeing outside of these group rooms as well. And the messages that were being called like eating disorder related thoughts were actually, was the same narrative, the same messages that I was seeing like in commercials and on billboards. And again, being spoken about with other women. And so I started to see how this, what what I call, um, you know, I, I say in my podcast and blog, like we're being sold a broken brand of beauty. And I started to see that it was not only depleting me of life, but this is like, I would say like a veil of deception that is over, I think all, you know, our full society, I would say around when it comes to this idea of what beauty is and Um, And so I had to, on the other side of it, I couldn't not say something. And so this, this book that is called Soul Deep Beauty, that's um, was out in the world as of June um, came from that and just wanting to help us open our eyes to these broken scripts that our culture is giving us around food, around our bodies, around beauty, so that we can then choose something different. Um, And I think so often like, honestly, if, if, you know, previous to my journey, if someone would have said like, oh, these, these ideas about beauty are unhelpful, I would have said like, yeah, of course, duh. Like we all know that. However, what I think 
my like year long, yearish long pause, it made me see the depth to which this was um, influencing us. Like it's not something to like blow off. It is like inundating like the as uh, cognitively, emotionally, I would say spiritually, our relationship with our bodies. Um, this this is like soul deep, and it is, I think, a great tool of the enemy. And I know that might sound, I don't mean for that to sound like, um, you know, scary or fantastical, but I, I just, I do see that, that there's this gravity to it. Um, and so that is a bit of where, where this came from for me and why I'm so passionate about it. Um, and, and wanting us to let go of these broken ideas about beauty so that we can embrace something that is true and real, which you mentioned at the top that I'm redefining beauty as the life of God at work in us and among us. And I started to see that that kind of beauty actually brings about the thriving and the integration that I really believe that God wants for us to to have. Um, whereas I've seen how societal beauty brings about actually disintegration and shame and insecurity, which is actually counter to the life that um, that I think God wants us to have. A hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, there's so many um, of my clients and listeners that are in that area, that phase of their lives where they have raised their children or their children are about to leave the nest. And, you know, we're in an age of um, Botox and fillers and all of that. And it's just, we are inundated and it's when we put our health on the back burner and now we're like, now what we Mm -hmm. tend to maybe want to listen a little bit more to the noise of the world about that. So I love that you are bringing it back to what does God say? What does God Mm -hmm. say about us? Mm -hmm. And you do share a lot about your journey out of an eating disorder in your book, Soul Deep Beauty, Fighting for Our True Worth in a World Demanding Flawless. It's a great book, especially if you are struggling with eating disorders or disordered eating, like I mentioned before. And because I work with a lot of women who have spent their lives caring for others, taking care of their families, uh, putting themselves and their health on the back burner. Now they might be at a phase in their life, a season where they have those older kids, they have the empty nest, they're taking care of aging parents. Maybe they don't feel well now. Their energy is like gone. They have no energy, desire, you know, motivation because they're just so tired and their health is not ideal. Mm -hmm. So Melissa, I have a two-part question for you. Can you speak to the woman who is struggling right now in this season of transition to really know what her worth is as a daughter of God? That's one. And then you can go into how can they stand boldly in this season of life as they are aiming to care better for themselves and truly treasure their wellness? Because we have social media filtering, diet culture, body shame, you know, Botox, all of that. So Mm -hmm. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the most important things, at least in my own journey, and I see it being like really pivotal in other people's journey as well, is starting to see the water we've been swimming in. Like we've been swimming in, I would say, tainted or toxic waters for decades. And we, when we think about, you know, the the neurobiology of that, you know, we know what fires together, wires together. Um, and so when we think a certain thought, feel a certain feeling or have a certain, do a certain behavior, the more we think that thing 
um, feel that that same thought or that emotion or do that same behavior, the more likely it is we're going to do that again. So it's like these ingrained neural pathways that we've been um, trained to think about our our bodies and the way we look. Um, and what I want women to know is that this is all, um, like I said, tainted. And I would like women to know that this is shame-based. This is um, advertisers and marketers and corporations are purposefully trying to make us feel insecure and purposely feel shame in order to sell products. And I, w- I would love us to start to see, you know, I think that we could, you know, argue about, you know, consumerism and, you know, if that's, if it's helpful or not, I would say in this instance, it is, um, I mean, consumerism and, and greed are actually at the crux of a lot of the insecurity that a lot of us feel around our, around our bodies, around aging and all of it. Um, and I would like to, I, there's, there's one piece that I like to tell people about, cause I was, um, you know, I was a little surprised when I heard about this, but, um, just this shift in marketing that we had back in the 1930s, um, when it was actually Freud's nephew, Edward Bernays, who was the, the father of mar- modern marketing. And he realized that, you know, previously products were sold based on logic, essentially, like, well, you know, you should buy the shampoo because it makes your hair cleaner than this other shampoo. But what he realized is that our unconscious desires and insecurities are actually just as if not more powerful for selling products than logic. And so we started to get this shift in marketing where, um, you know, corporations and marketers started to see that, oh, if we play on people's, um, you know, this car becomes a symbol of freedom or, um, you know, we can make someone feel insecure if they don't have this, this product. And so what I want women to see is that this is, this is the whole game of beauty and body image when it comes to the diet um, and beauty and wellness industry. Um, also, oftentimes advertisements, if you notice, like it's, they portray like the good life or the happy life. And usually everyone's, you know, fit and trim and smiling. Um, and so what I want you to see is that you are being sold a package of goods and it is not for your good. It is to sell products. And, um, and I, I want to go ahead. Also, we have this idea of there, you know, there are a couple of things too. I, I want you to know that the, um, like the average model would be considered 20% underweight. And back in the DSM four, when they actually did put numbers around this, they've shed the numbers because it's actually unhelpful for people struggling with eating disorders. But, um, the diagnostic, one of the diagnostic criterion for, um, anorexia nervosa was to be 15% underweight. And so our models are 20% underweight, the average. And so what I want you to to know and to see is that we are purposely being get like shown um, unhealthy or unreal images. Uh, I think it's I need to pull up my my um, some of my statistics here. Um, so when it comes to adults, we have um, uh, so two thirds of American adults edit their photos before posting them. And if we think about this, this is based on self report. And so I'm going to guess that it's going to be more than two thirds of adults. Sure. Um, so, uh, so what I want people to know too, is that m- the images we're looking at are literally fake. Not only have they been retouched, but oftentimes, you know, certain body parts or, um, you know, s- skin has been smoothed. Um, and so when we look in the mirror and we see pores, we think that, you know, we're horrible We're we're, you know, I don't know, or, you know, that we're horrible, but that is, um, a, a negative thing when it's a very human thing. Also, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think if it was 1969 or 1970 that Vogue 
used the term cellulite in a new way and made it a problem. Whereas previously that like dimpled skin did not have a title, but they gave it the title cellulite and, and posted as a problem. And so what I want women to also see is that Uh, Again, uh, corporations and advertisers have made certain things a, quote, problem so that they can sell a product. And so oftentimes I think this shame and this insecurity we're feeling has nothing to do with our true worth, but really lies that we have been inundated with. And um, there's a, a, a documentary called The Illusionists that was made in 2015, 2016. And at that point, this documentary gave the statistic that by the year 2020, we would be uh, exposed to some kind of media 80% of our waking hours. Um, And I spoke to Elena Rossini, who's the filmmaker, uh, a couple months ago, and she said she thinks we're at the point of beyond 80% of our waking hours. And so if we think of this, again, bringing us back to what fires together, wires together, if what we are, our neural pathways, our brains, our souls are being bathed in is literally fake beauty that is purposely trying to elicit shame, no wonder we feel the way we do. No wonder our we have like a mental health epidemic among our teenage population. Um, and so I say all of that to say um, this insecurity or these perhaps self-judgments you have, I would encourage you to, to see the water for what it is that we've been swimming and see the toxicity of it and see that it is not true. It is not who you are. Um, and to start to maybe decrease some of those influences and try to think of, okay, if, if this is an inundation of lies, like where can I get this, you know, truth from? And so again, revisiting this idea of redefining beauty as the life of God in us and among us, um, like each of us has been made in the Imago Dei, like the image of God, like the glory of God who like created the universe like that, that, um, like that is your birthright. Like that is who you are made of. Like that, that is like the spirit who breathed life into you. And so that is the eternal spirit. And so all of these cultural ideas are going to pass away. They really mean nothing. Um, and I don't think anyone is going to want to, like, I don't think anyone's, um, you know, eulogy is going to say something like, I, you know, we can all learn from how clean she ate or how perfect her body was. Like, in the end, this stuff doesn't matter. I, and, and so, but the fact that um, the eternal God created you and forged and formed your soul in love and unconditionally sings over you. I would encourage you to spend more and more time dwelling on those truths, knowing that that is eternal, that is true, that is real, whereas all this other stuff is false and purposefully um, designed to make us feel bad, basically. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree so much. I mean, we can't take anything with us, right? When yeah. God calls us home, we can't take anything with us. We're not even taking the shell of our body. And so what, what are we storing up? What are our treasures we are storing up? Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful because I think it is so prevalent, right? Shame and diet culture and diet mentality and all of that. And yeah, two thirds of adults edit their photos. Yeah, for sure. That's higher. <laughs> right. I mean, right. If we're considering an adult 18 and up, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. But it really does the shame and all of the noise of the world really does distract us from treasuring our wellness and seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Mm. So we know that is not of God. We know that is not his desire for us to feel that way. Anything that we feel that is really negative is Mm. not going to be of God. You know, he he, um, convicts us, but he does not condemn us. Right. So Mm. Let's talk about spiritual warfare. We would be remiss if we did not talk about that because we know that Satan attacks our mind. And that's why we're told many times in the Bible to be continually renewing our mind. And I'm thinking of specifically Romans 12. Mm -hmm. So do you have some suggestions for how women can hear God clearer over the noise of the enemy when they are inundated with all of this? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so Dr. Kurt Thompson says that shame is a minion of evil. And I found that to be so true. Um, and so I want to also go ahead and put some definition around shame because I think it's can be a nebulous term. So I'm going to use Brene Brown's definition. So she defines shame as an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And, and that's the end of her definition. But what I want us to notice about that is that that shame goes to the core of who we are. And like many people have said that, you know, our, our deepest desire as humans is to be known and know others deeply. And so shame goes to that deep desire of being a human, basically, and says, you know, you're unworthy of belonging. And so, of course, like the lie of the enemy would be that, no, you aren't worthy of belonging. You aren't worthy of being loved. And so I I would, you know, I think it's first of all important to start noticing the signs of shame. And, you know, shame is embodied is what I've noticed as well. Meaning, you know, shame, yes, it is, you know, these are messages that live in our head, but oftentimes we'll notice, I mean, for me, when I feel shame, I notice that it's like a pit in my stomach. Um, that's a big one. And so start noticing maybe how does shame feel in your body? So you can notice like, is this shame that's showing up for me? And then to know, okay, this is shame. Um, and this is, you know, purposefully a tool that is, that is showing up in order to essentially separate me from God, separate me from myself, separate me from other people. And so, when that happens, you know, there are, there are things that, that can bring us, um, kind of actually do the opposite. <laughs> and I would say, bring us closer. What are some things that we can do to draw us closer to, to God, to other people? And the worst thing I think that shame tells us is you know, it, it kind of brings us, draws us into secrecy. And so I think doing the opposite and actually finding safe people in your life and talking through these things, and maybe that would be a therapist. Maybe that would be um, maybe even like a non-diet dietitian, you know, if this is like related to food um, and getting these things out into the open. And also I think um, oftentimes when it comes to body shame, um, I think instead of thinking about our bodies as an object or a project to tweak, thinking about our body as a partner um, and, and not a project and thinking about, you know, oftentimes our culture leads us to objectify ourselves. And so if I were to think about my body, I oftentimes I'll think about, okay, well, what do I look like in a picture? But what I'm doing right there is I'm actually taking a third third party perspective. I'm not actually living in my body. And I don't think that we were ever meant to, you know, interact with our bodies in this way. I mean, if we think about 
you know, in, in the early, I don't know, biblical days or even like um, pre-mirror days. Like, I feel like we've, because of the mirror, because of the photograph, because of now social media, we've really had this, um, we have this new perspective of our bodies. And what what we see instead is that when we move toward embodiment, meaning living in our bodies. And so like noticing when you are out for that bike ride or when you are out for that hike, noticing like, what does it feel like to feel joy in my body? Like, do I feel butterflies in my stomach? Do I feel like, um, I don't know, some excitement in my, um, in, you know, my heart starts beating a little faster. What does it feel to live? Like it live in my body. And so all of this to say, um, I, I think the enemy comes at us with, with shame. And I do think, I also, I do think that this is really important to name that again. Um, and I don't know how this all works together. You know, what is corporations? What is, um, you know, consumeristic greed? What is the enemy? You know, how it all comes together. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that it all is actually working against the well-being of our soul. And so I think it's important to start to recognize these messages, the shame, the lies, so that we can then turn against it um, and move toward uh, connection and integration. And um, again, this idea of, of authentic beauty that I keep alluding to. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you said, like, what does it feel like to feel joy in my body? And it's so important because I speak more about fun, healthy movement than mm -hmm. I do about exercise, working out, all of that. So if we don't feel joy, if we are not enjoying what we are doing, we're not going to stick with it, number one. And number two, what's the point, right? We're just, yeah. what is yeah. the real reason why we're doing that specific movement, that specific exercise, whether it's the treadmill or the stair climber? It is way more fun to be moving our body in a way that brings us joy, puts a smile on our face. We are, you know, loving the fact that we are sweating because we enjoyed what we did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not like you're watching the clock trying to like, okay, I've done 15 minutes, you know, all of that. So, you know, what does that feel like though? So really going introspecting, right, of yourself, what does that feel like to feel joy? Because there's so much noise in this world that it's really stealing our joy. And we know that that is a spiritual attack because, you know, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. So, you know, when we put our focus on the way God created our bodies to be the things that our bodies can do, the things that our bodies have done, especially us moms that have like carried children, mm. cared for children, all of the mm. things that our body has done, like, it's truly amazing. It's truly a miracle. And um, this has been really, really a good conversation, Melissa, really good and encouraging information for our listeners. So I like to ask my guests a final question. Would you share a treasured truth for our listeners today? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think that, you know, something I've been thinking a lot about is our image of God and how, how important that is. And I think um, this idea of when we envision start to get kind of invited into this new idea about beauty and what beauty is. Um, I would, my, my treasured truth, what did you call it? Treasured wellness truth? Treasured truth. <laughs> treasured truth, thank you. Um, would be to remember the beauty of God. And maybe that could be um, looking at different scriptures of, you know, how the unconditional love of of Jesus and looking at maybe 
the grace of God or, um, how God like delights over us with singing. And I, I just, I think it's so important for us to notice if there is anything in our image of God that, um, is unloving or untrue, uh, because I think that our vision of God and having it, it align with who Jesus is, I think that actually impacts everything. Um, and, and whether or not we want to draw close to God or not, um, And so, and, and with that, I think knowing that, that God then looks at you with like this, this tender love and wants to be near you and, and draw near you. And, um, I think that would be my, my encouragement or the, the truth that I want to leave us with is, um, God is truly beautiful. And, um, I would, I would encourage us to, um, maybe spend some time with God and, um, just to, to help kind of maybe un, undo any lies that have been, have settled in maybe from an, uh, an unloving caregiver or, um, or something of that nature and start to live into the true image of, of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and bringing it all back to Matthew six thirty three, right? Like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we do that, then the lies, the voices, it gets quieter and quieter. And, you know, God, when he created us in his image, he said it was very good. So as we are aging and as we are going through trying to, um, I don't even want to say the word balance between the world and the word, really. I mean, we need to be heavier balanced, you know, leaning towards God, leaning towards his word for sure, because it's the only way we can get through this crazy, crazy uh, (laughs) thing called life here in this world. But you know, we as a as a facial analysis practitioner, our lines tell a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. You know, our facial features tell so much about the life that we lived. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I just encourage people to pause before they think about doing any radical treatment mm-hmm. to their body, because God said that when he created you, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this has been so fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, how can our listeners find you? Yes. Yes. So my website is impossible-beauty.com. And then on Instagram, I'm at impossible.beauty and then also at melissa.louise.johnson. And I also have a Facebook page. Um, It's kind of long. I think it's impossible beauty blog and podcast. Um, Yes. And then my book is soul deep beauty fighting for our true worth in a world demanding flawless and it is true that I do talk about my own journey with an eating disorder and, you know, kind of tease apart, uh, talk about disordered eating as well. But I do see that this is a book for, for all women. Um, you know, there is one survey that I talk about from the, from Chapel Hill, um, that says that like 75% of women report disordered, uh, disordered eating behaviors. And we have like 85 to 95% of women, um, not liking their bodies to the point of hating their bodies. So this book is, you know, Yes, it does talk about my eating disorder journey, but I, this is kind of like, I see those of us who struggle with an eating disorder as like the canary in a mine, um, kind of alerting us to the fact that we're swimming in toxic waters. And so I would like to invite all women who have been impacted by those waters to, to walk into freedom around these ideas. A hundred percent. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, so maybe I'll have to have you on later, but (laughs) is the impact of our young girls, you know, the statistics that you share. And after what we've gone through in the last three years, um, specifically, you know, it's 2023 now, like 
it just is like you said, depression, anxiety is just rampant in our young girls and in teens across, you know, male and female, but this would be a good resource um, for like, if you have a granddaughter or a daughter or somebody like really to help them to understand, like, no, this is not who God says you are. They are lies. So um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Great information. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, friend. I hope it challenged you, encouraged you, and stretched you in some way. If it did, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who has been praying for a breakthrough in her whole health? Also, it would bless me so much if you would pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick review to let me know how much you are liking the content and to help other women just like you find the show. Treasured Wellness can also be found on Christian Mix 106 and Radio Free America online streaming radio stations. So check out those two amazing platforms. One more thing, come on over to our Facebook community, Holistic Health for Christian Women Over 40. I would love to see you there. Until next time, remember, you are a beautiful treasure.